Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is giving the listeners of this podcast a free audiobook and 30-day free trial if you sign up through audibletrial.com slash fsproductions. I personally love audiobooks and use Audible all the time. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, you're sure to find something you like. Make sure to sign up through audibletrial.com slash fsproductions so they know we sent you. Today's podcast is also sponsored by Amazon. If you do any shopping on Amazon, please use the Amazon link on fsproductions.ca. It won't cost you anything extra, but Amazon will give us a percentage of the money you were going to spend anyway. While you're there, check out the online store. You can buy t-shirts and stickers, and that also helps to support the show. If you would like to donate to the show, visit my Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash froggystyle. That's frog, the letter E, underscore style. Every dollar helps me provide you with higher quality content. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This is Groove Talk with Froggy Style. Uh, welcome to another episode of Groove Talk. Today I am joined by Rob from Ghost Factory. Hello. <laughs> why don't you uh, Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Hi. <laughs> uh, I play. Uh, Guitar in a folk punk rock band called Ghost Factory from Calgary. Uh, your whole podcast is like based out of Calgary, right? Yeah. So that's that's all right. Yeah. People already know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the singer songwriter of the band. Um, I play with a drummer named Charlie, who's also in a million other projects like Streetlight Saints and Conniving Cadavers. Uh, and uh, upright bass is a friend of mine named Eric, who plays also in. Uh, Calgary bands like Jenny and Fuckboy and uh, If I Look Strong, You Look Strong a lot of the time. He's a, they're all busy guys. He runs the Via Studios in Calgary and Cool. Yeah. So Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's yeah. that's me. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. I would describe myself as pretty awesome. <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> so uh upright bass, that's really interesting. Like a yeah. lot of people any particular reason just because that like everybody uh, played upright bass or um, was it a style choice i just like for uh it to be as cumbersome as possible <laughs> for him to get places because he doesn't have a car so i want it to be as difficult <laughs> as possible uh honestly i think i started writing a lot of uh just folk music that i because i wanted to write a lot of punk rock but i'm also really lazy and so having playing punk rock requires you to have amps and chords and all that <laughs> nonsense so instead i just got an acoustic guitar <laughs> and show up at venues and go i hope you have a di to put me into the thing because uh, i don't have an amp um and an electric bass just doesn't suit acoustic guitar as nicely yeah. as upright so uh he started playing eric started playing upright in our ba in our band um I think we'd been we'd been playing I think maybe for like three or four years without bass and um Eric got I think I just I like the sound of it I like 
that it um, sounds kind of crust punky or folk punky. It has a little bit of um, more of a folk vibe to it. And also, there's like a million bands in the world. <laughs> and if someone's playing an obscure-looking instrument, maybe they'll pay attention a little bit. And yeah, they can get their yeah. attention a little bit better. Totally, I get that. <laughs> and, yeah, and he's really good at it, too. So yeah. might as well showcase a talented person on a cool instrument like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not something you see every day. And like yeah. I'm sure people who do play instruments like that don't get the opportunity every day mm -hmm. to play those instruments. So that yeah. is really cool. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that he. I like that he does. We used to. We used to do a thing before we had a bass player. I guess this is kind of feeding into just doing things that no one else really does as much, just for the sake of, oh my God, look at me, look, yeah. look, please pay the <laughs> play, pay attention. So Charlie, who plays drums in our band, um, used to play like a weird standing kit where okay. it would be he'd have a snare and he'd have a couple pots and pans and like plates and stuff and. Uh, just to make it kind of sound like garbage in the background. <laughs> like we wanted to sound as much like Stomp as possible. Um, Stomp is still a relevant re uh, reference, right? <laughs> People still know what Stomp is. It's still like the late 90s. Um, um, and uh, I, th I think we bought like a bunch of aluminum like shit plates from... Uh, Dollarama that he would just hit that just kind of yeah. sound like someone banging a tarp like outside <laughs> uh, so he would play like that before we had upright bass and I really liked that setup it just kind of gave something it gave it like a unique sound yeah Be especially when you're doing like folk music all folk music or, or okay so folk and punk are the two most redundant music styles in the world <laughs> like every punk band sounds the same every folk band sounds the same so we decided to like throw them both together yeah and use more unique uh stage or have a little bit more of a unique stage show to try and break apart from it yeah but now he just plays a sitting kid anyway <laughs> now he's just now he's just regular. It doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> Talked nice. about something that isn't relevant anymore. Stomp. So, uh, how long have you guys been a thing then? Uh, this, the three of us have been playing together for, uh, I want to say two years. It might be longer than that. I've been playing and performing as Ghost Factory, I think, for ten years now. Okay. So I, it first was just me. Uh, and live it would be just me and guitar and I put out one record as a teenager called Happy Good that was me and I tried to do all the instruments on the whole record and I just did that that was when I was still even living at my parents house and I would I just did that whole thing in my basement yeah um, and then recorded an EP like six years later called Hello My Name is Ghost Factory I'm getting all the dates wrong I don't remember but yeah that's cool <laughs> but yeah I've been doing this for for a very long time um uh and then with with people actually playing or accompanying me i think i've been doing it for i want to say three four years something like that yeah and then as the three of us about two cool yeah that's awesome it is yeah <laughs> that's like a really long time man <laughs> it is a really long time yeah. uh i know yeah i i was in uh punk rock bands and like um uh, math rock bands and stuff like that before and uh, I really wanted to uh, be able to just write music and not have 
the voice of other people as yeah. brilliant as like the other people that I would surround myself with and as brilliant as the people that I surround myself with now are yeah. in their own right as musicians. Um, <clears throat> they're also Eric and Charlie specifically are super patient with me and just kind of let me write songs and do what I want. And, uh, because they've got a myriad other projects of their own. Yeah. So, uh, they're doing me a favor by like playing <laughs> with me, but, uh, I really like the, opportunity to actually just um make stuff exactly how i wanted it and not really have anyone else's input yeah and just be like this is the this is the nonsense that i did writing with a group of people i've always found so hard and frustrating i could see that it's super frustrating and i bet a lot of people that i've been in bands with over the years probably think i'm a dick because then i would (laughs) show up and be like no i this is how the song goes because i i have no patience yeah and and, and it's dumb because yeah but because they're all far more talented than i ever (laughs) uh, than i am or ever will be but like at the same time, I was like, no, I want to do it my way. I don't like playing on a team. <laughs> I get that, man. Like most of the stuff I do is just by myself. You yeah, know, I'm the only one, unless yeah. I'm working with like a vocalist usually, and then yeah. I still kind of have most of the say yeah. on creativity and the way that the song is gonna go. Yeah. But uh, and I definitely like it that way. I don't it's, see how yeah. like people we can come together as like a foursome and all kind of make yeah. something or something like that, you know, people that, yeah. People that really like, um, uh, you know, flourish with other people. Like, I don't know. It's the, not music, but like people like the Coen brothers or whatever, like yeah. when they're in the same room and they're writing something, they're far better. Or what's a, probably a better example. Uh, you know, all, so, so many solo artists that go off. Yeah. It's 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 a weird dynamic that I don't, yeah, that I don't understand how how you can sit in a room, uh, the Descendants or like Rush or yeah. like I don't know, a group of people that when they're in the same room they come up with the best stuff. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, but it also sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and like, there's a difference too between when you're just jamming with people, totally, versus when you're like, okay, we're making something now. Right. Like I yeah. can jam with people and it'd be fine, and we'll like do things, yeah. but. As soon as it's like, okay, well, we're polishing this up and we're going to present mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like, it becomes more difficult, I find. It is. Yeah. It's also weird um, uh, being, like, crippled with, like, self-doubt and anxiety, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, every time I've tried to write with another group of people I and speaking out loud, like, why don't we try? I just feel like an idiot. I just feel dumb. Yeah. So, like, I don't know why. I just kind of feel dorky. So, I, like... I like I like just uh, uh, being or wallowing in my dorkiness on my own, and it's less <laughs> embarrassing. And then later I could just show it and be like, "Cool, right? Yeah. No, okay." <laughs> yeah, it definitely takes a lot to like put stuff out there too. Like every single thing that I've released is like, "Man, this is so stupid! Like everybody's <laughs> gonna hate it." And like you know, I'm sure you have some. Oh idea. God, yeah, like, yeah, like any creative type, but. yeah. I, I'm luckier in that uh, when you make punk rock, like, um, it, you do, you have that voice that's just like, this is stupid and no one's going to like it. But then there's also the the contrasting voice that's like, well, fuck everybody then. Yeah. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the best kind of fuel for punk rock, especially. It's like, well, if they don't like it, maybe they're dumb. Yeah. Maybe it's their fucking fault. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
nice. <laughs> I mean, it's not true, but yeah. I, at least that voice is there. It kind of helps. Yeah, definitely. Good attitude to have. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're probably right, but fuck them. I don't care. <laughs> that's that's the that's the one myth about punk rock or people who make punk rock is that they don't care. They're everybody cares. Yeah, everybody everyone totally cares. cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally care what you think. We totally care. <laughs> We're social creatures. Nobody cares. Not care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I kind of wish I couldn't. Yeah, or didn't. But, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are in a similar, <laughs> similar boat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of talk to you about uh, what's your opinion on, say, things like rocking for dollars here mm-hmm. in Calgary. Like, what's your opinion um, is on them in general, and like how you feel they support up and coming artists and stuff like that in Calgary. Totally. Um, I think. Rock for Dollars is one of the better um, avenues. Like this, uh, playing music in this city since since before I was even an adult. Like before I could play bar shows. I remember the first bar show I ever got was at Vern's. Yeah, and I was freshly eighteen, and it was like such a big deal. And I love Vern's uh, for the exact same reason why I love Rock for Dollars. Like, yeah, if you have any motivation to go out and yell in front of people if you made something and you want to show somebody musically Vern's will always give you a stage rock for dollars is a perfect opportunity to do exactly that to go and showcase to your peers in an environment where everyone is welcoming everyone is having everyone is just there to have a good time so something like rock for dollars i've met so many cool people at rock for dollars i've been given so many cool opportunities because of rock for dollars i've been seen by cool people um i've uh like i've seen so many cool people there like i've gotten to see so many bands that another uh, another great thing about it is there's like a dozen bands a night right and there's so there is actually so much happening in a city and i'm already weird and just like a social so socially anxious and weird that i would rather just stay home so yeah. if i can go out one night a week and see like a dozen bands that's great you know you, so yeah. you get this plethora this wide swath of different talents and different voices um i love that i think it's so much and also uh you know, I have a terrible attention span. So, like, every band just playing for 15 minutes and you're gone? Sweet. Yeah. That Maybe that's also why I love punk rock and love really short songs. Because, like, even my favorite bands, oh, they've been playing for 30 minutes. That's long. This is a long set. <laughs> Whoa, this is so long. Uh, it's I, I love Rock for Dollars. I think it harvests this really positive environment. It, it, you know, advocates a beautiful creativity in people. It creates a safe environment and a safe space for you to actually express whatever art you made um yeah it's it's so much fun i love it it's super cool yeah (laughs) yeah that seems to be like the general consensus at least yeah i've talked i talked to adam about it as well yeah uh, adam's there all the time yeah yeah kills it i actually i played one time there with adam oh sweet yeah (laughs) that's awesome yeah it's such like a supporting cool community and yeah and the hockey handshake afterwards yeah yeah the I, I love the idea of um, uh, I don't know every aspect of it I think is fantastic I really really think it's a cool healthy thing and it like is really um, uh, it's really promoting a lot more cool music to come out and also it, there's something about uh, you know kind of removing the veil of 
of rock stardom. Yeah. Because even even in tiny little microcosm like Calgary, like there's this air of uh, of rock stars and like yeah. in actuality, like the the example I'm thinking of is like ever since I was a kid, like the dudes where oh my god the dudes they're, they're Danny Vacon is a genius I could that guy's so cool way too cool I could never talk to that guy yeah but he will come to a rock for dollars and buy shots for the band that's covering the dudes on a cover night like he's yeah. just he's just a he's just a classy guy yeah. just like a totally cool dude and what I I guess what I'm babbling about is like um, the the notions that or that I would have built up myself or that we built up ourselves about, Oh, that person would never speak to me or that person like thinks, uh, thinks better of themselves it is totally just imagined. Yeah. And, and in actuality, we're all just, you know, people trying to make cool things. Yeah. And exactly. that's with someone who's been in, in music for however long Danny Vacon's been writing songs for being one of the best songwriters in the city. Like he's just another rad dude. Just, yeah. you know, I, I love that idea about it. I love that aspect about it. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, um, that's kind of even part of the reason I started this podcast, obviously, oh, yeah? was just to kind of, because when I first started doing music stuff, it took me a, it took me a really long time just to be like confident enough to just like do any sort of music stuff in front of anybody. Yeah. Um, because I was scared that I would just suck or whatever. Yeah. And like, you know, there was all this like kind of build up. But so, actually, it was Adam who really yeah. kind of, we were just, uh, we were working on a set for, I was like DJing and stuff because I DJ a little bit. Sweet. Um, and he's like, you know, I'm sick of this. Do you want to like try making a song? I was like, yeah, okay. I've never done it before. But awesome. he opens up Ableton. He's like, okay, just like hit some keys or whatever and we'll see where it goes. So I'm just like playing around. I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. He's like, oh, I already recorded that. It's good. Like, let's move <laughs> on. I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's that easy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, it took me a really long time to get over that hump. But, like, you know, once I did, then it just kind of started flowing out. Yeah. And and, pe and people like Adam, like Otter Otter, like, yeah. that's the mentality of something like Rock for Dollars. Like, yeah. it's it's that voice to everybody in the room. Like, you can do this. Like, if you want, if you have something to say and you want to do something, fucking do it. Yeah. Like, and you can, and it's easy, and there will be an, there will be an audience there for you, and, like, we're, we'll shake your hand at the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. yeah. But, so, that being said, Rock for Dollars is the worst. <laughs> After I just suck BJ's dick for, like, an hour. <laughs> Don't worry, the same, like, I did, again, I... Otter Otter and we did a podcast like last week and same thing it's just yeah. like yeah. there's probably 15 minutes of that podcast where it's just rocking for dollars promotion yeah. it's, <laughs> it's awesome man and BJ like um, puts so much work into it and he's he's just fucking he's rad man it's a rad uh, it's a rad show every week I love it yeah it's super cool mm -hmm. so I noticed that you, you you guys kind of do sort of unique events it seems um just for example, uh, the movie and Ghost oh, Factory yeah. thing. Yeah, the uh, when we played, we opened up for Mighty Ducks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's we we get lots of really cool offers, and um, <clears throat> there's lots of really weird, fun things happening in this city. So, like for example, that was Fifth Reel. Fifth Reel puts on uh, the air or air. What they uh, show. 
they screen movies. Why was that so hard to say? <laughs> they screen movies like they do the Big Lebowski all the time or The Room or stuff like that. Yeah. And they just get bands to open. Okay. Uh, the, the guys who put it on, Dan and Alonzo, are both... Uh, are both really involved in the music scene as well and like really cool people so it's just an opportunity to kind of showcase more cool stuff so we we uh, um i very rarely turn down like a a weird unique show yeah i very rarely turn down shows to be honest <laughs> unless uh well there was there's no follow-up to that sentence that's the end of that sentence um uh, but like <clears throat> getting an offer for that like that's a cool unique thing that i think will bring a different audience that we have, wouldn't play in front of otherwise yeah for sure um uh another example what did we what did we just do we just played punk rock bowling uh so that was down at paradise lanes so that's another really fun environment and that was an all ages show too and we haven't really played all ages in a long time um i like playing shows like that i like playing uh to audiences that i don't think would hear me otherwise yeah because i do because ghost factory especially plays like a like a weird kind of aggressive abu- um, abusive what no. uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is but it's it, you know it's a kind of punk rock that doesn't really make itself readily available not readily available but not a lot of people would necessarily it's not everyone's cup of tea is yeah. what I'm saying yeah okay so I like to play in environments where yeah maybe half the audience will want me to just shut up and that kind of fuels it a little bit more I think <laughs> I kind of like uh, playing punk rock in diverse environments too. Yeah. I, I like that. That's I cool. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think the the Mighty Ducks show went well. That was a good environment. That was a bunch of drunk people about to watch an old movie. So yeah. that, that was <laughs> that was a pretty friendly environment. Yeah. <laughs> and are like you say you're kind of like approached with these opportunities, or do you go looking for them? Or uh, like... Well, I've just I'm really I'm really lucky. People are really nice to me. Okay. And people, um, so I haven't really had to ask for. Nah, I, that this sounds like a conceited nonsense thing to say, uh, but yeah, a lot of really really cool people just um, ask us to play. So for uh, for example, like we've got a show this Sunday. Uh, we're playing the Ship and Anchor for uh, a fundraiser for the Alberta Children's Hospital Foundation, and we were just asked to play by Jay from Belvedere. Like okay, Bel- and. Um, Belvedere is one of my favorite like was maybe one of the first bands I saw when I was growing up when I was like in grade 8 I remember seeing them at the warehouse or whatever it was and it was like the coolest experience of my life like this is a fucking rat I can't believe this band is playing this fast and they're this (laughs) loud and like they're just so good and um, I'm just really lucky now where I guess I've been doing it long enough where uh, a member of that band is like, oh, I've heard them. Would you like to play with us? Yes, please. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Please. Thank you. Hi. Also, I'm really, really, really lucky to be in in a band with uh, Charlie and Eric because yeah. uh, if you know if you know Eric, have you met Eric at all? No, I haven't. Um, he he's very he's just a very friendly person him and charlie are very friendly there's nobody that really dislike them so i'm lucky because in the in the networking side of the band i happen to be in a band with two really friendly people that are friends with everybody nice so (laughs) i can go on being a weirdo and they can talk to people for for me (laughs) nice you definitely you definitely need that (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. like a friendly face yeah um i think i have a 
a friendly face. I would say so, yeah. Very friendly. <laughs> kind of look, I look like a Muppet. Just to give you a visual listener, I look a lot like a Muppet. It's kind of like neat. Uh, being in a band like that, it's cool that you can, you know, uh, delegate. Delegate's not the right word, but that e- each person can play up to their strengths, I guess, mm-hmm. like networking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so not one person has to be good at everything. Mm-hmm. Or it's uh, like being a solo type person. It's kind mm-hmm. of hard to, I'm not very good at selling myself. Yeah. Oh, I'm ter- <laughs> yeah. I'm awful at it. I'm the, yeah. I'm the worst at it. But there's, re- there's some people who are just are really good at it, you know, and it's like good to be partnered. So with those good. People. Yeah. So good that so many people are nice to me and tolerate me. <laughs> like BJ again has stuck his neck out for our band like a million times to get us some of the Swedish shows. Like I got to play with, uh, Ray Bottle Rocket from Teenage Bottle Rocket and he uh, was fighting for us to go and open up for Anti-Flag and stuff like that nice. like, to have someone that cool who like goes out of his way to be nice to you and just give you opportunities that you didn't ask for yeah. just because they're nice people Yeah. I, so I think that that's another plus to like what Calgary what this music scene does is everyone's everyone's really supportive and everyone's really yeah yeah. I, I found that as well like uh and each community or each genre of music or whatever kind of has its own little community that totally is very just yeah supportive of local music which mm-hmm. is like very very refreshing and helpful as it an is. artist you know absolutely like, yeah yeah hearing nice things after a set is one of like the all-time yeah highs you know yeah, <laughs> like absolutely <laughs> i do i yeah, <laughs> leaving a stage and getting to go. Thanks, bud. Thanks, thanks, bud. Yeah. It really does feel feel quite good. Yeah, I had um, uh, uh, an opposite uh, interaction with that. One of my first ones. It was kind of like uh, speaking of positivity. <laughs> this one was kind of. A, I think it was a compliment. I don't know. It was pretty. Do you know that chicks dig it song? Uh, You're pretty good. No. Uh, Anyway, <laughs> listen to that song. It's a good song. Okay. But it reminds me of this. I remember playing a set and then um, everyone just being so, so nice about it. And, you know, yeah, that was a great set. I really liked it. Being very nice to me. Oh, thanks. And then some guy, what did he say? He just said, uh, that was pretty good. This 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 is a big show for you. This is, I, well, I mean, you won't play a bigger show than this ever. So, like, this is about the peak that you're going to hit. And I think you did a pretty good job. <laughs> and I was like, okay, thanks. Oh, thanks for that uh, compliment. <laughs> I was like, what? I mean... Well, it's not like I'm trying to sell out the saddle, though. Yeah. Like, what do you think my aspirations are? Like, what do you? What happened? What's happening? Yeah. It's kind. Of, it was. I think it was like this idea of this guy's getting a lot of positivity. Let's just kick him off that mountain yeah. just a little bit. When in actuality, it's like I was at the bottom of the mountain the whole time, clawing desperately, and the occasional pat on the back just gives me a little bit more hope. Yeah. It's like, oh, thank you, thank you. Fuck you. Boot to the face. Okay. You're right. I'll go to bed now. Bye. It was... That just reminded me. It was a weird day. It was yeah. a weird day. Yeah, I could... Man. That's such a strange thing to say, like to somebody. Like, I get it if you're going to be negative or if you're going to be positive. Yeah. But just like, that was it was like an amalgam of both, kind yeah. of. Yeah, I think. exactly, exactly. It's just, uh, man. Like, 
I'm curious now, like, what is the coolest show that you've... What, what in your opinion, what's the coolest show that you've maybe played? Oh. Or at least mm. the most memorable one for you. Um... Uh, I, there's, there's a couple examples. I used to play in, um, a hardcore band called Voices. Okay. Uh, and that's around the time that I started playing in Ghost Factory because I was in a room with five people and we were all, and I was like, oh, I'm losing my mind. I want to write stuff just for myself. Um, it was a really fun band with really cool people, uh, really good friends. And, um, we got to, we got to play with Ruiner. Uh, on their farewell tour and with Have Heart on their farewell tour like two bands that I loved as a teenager and like as a young adult um, getting to getting to play with them was was bananas and those shows were packed and just like the energy in those rooms was nuts and being able to actually like meet some of your heroes was pretty was uh, was pretty outstanding um, in recent memory um the I can't quite I I think the the most recent one that comes to memory um I mean uh getting to play with uh Brendan Kelly I got to play uh at Night Owl that's another example of BJ sticking his neck out for me and, and putting me on a sweet bill um getting to play with Brendan Kelly from the Lawrence Arms KJ Jansen from Chicks Dig It uh, uh, ben Sir from Where Stays Down in the Basement of the Night Owl was a really fun acoustic gig. Uh, that that was that was a really cool experience too, because it was also one of my one of my first experiences of like getting to play on the same stage as and afterwards shake the hand of like a guy that I remember buying all the Lawrence Arms albums when I was in high school and like yeah. watching their music videos when YouTube became a thing and being like, Oh, this is what they look like. Cool. Or like <laughs> seeing them on warp tour and just again, having that kind of, uh, idea of, or that thought of just like, wow, they're so cool. And they're kind of intangible, right? Like you can't really, yeah. But actually getting to afterwards, just talk to Brandon Kelly. was rad. That was a really cool show. That was a really cool opportunity. Yeah. Really nice guy. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've been really lucky. I get to play lots of really cool things. That's cool. Mm-hmm. The punk rock sing along is something I wanted to talk about a little <laughs> bit as well. Cool. <laughs> Cuz that's another thing that I kind of find very interesting yeah. and like kind of another unique thing that and Adam Otter Otter like raves about it all the time honestly so sweet thanks yeah. adam have you been to one of them no i haven't yeah they're, they're really fun yeah. they're really fun so like i guess kind of like what was the idea behind that or how did it become kind of like a thing that just happens now on yeah. an annual basis um i think um <clears throat> so darren ollinger from uh, julius sumner miller and uh was in colin decker free fall and uh, was the host of the punk show on X92. He's a good friend of mine now. Um, and I think, it, like, just four years ago, I think randomly I was just on Facebook and I thought it would be fun to... This was around... We're, do you remember the New Black Center? The New Black... No. No, it was it was an all-ages venue downtown that uh, Darren Ollinger was running for a while. Okay. Um, and I remember reaching out to him with an idea of just like wouldn't it be funny to kind of or fun to kind of host like a 
we just do like an hour of sing-along songs we just do like i don't know i'll play some no effects and blink 182 songs songs that everyone knows we just haven't like a a night for that and um he was like I'm pretty sure his response was just, that sounds more like a get drunk at a bar, all, like not all ages thing. Let, let's let's uh, have a drink and figure this out. Um, and then just coming up with, he was came up with the idea of just like, we'll put it out on the patio in the middle of the summer, make it like a summer event. Because he's a brilliant promoter, like he does this shit all the time. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just like, I can play Blink-182, where do I do that, <laughs> sir? Um, he actually goes, here's a venue for it, and uh, here's some promotion for it. And put us out on the patio, and I remember, uh, I think we came up with um, uh, the the first batch of songs we did, or figured out how to play, Eric and I, um, uh, and actually, yeah, Eric and I did punk rock sing along, I think for about a year or two years before he was actually in ghost factory too. So that was also the catalyst for that. Um, uh, the amount of songs we had, we we're like, we can stretch this out to maybe two hours. We can do that. And then after about the first hour, we burnt through all the songs and, uh, we took a little break. Um, and Darren's like, well, we've, you know, it says till nine on the poster, just play them again. No one gives a shit. <laughs> okay. I started doing it again. And, uh, it, within the first like month. So the first, we would do it every Monday. Uh, people actually started coming back and like, we learned way more songs now to the point where we've been doing it for four years. And we just did our third Christmas annual, uh, where we've got like the, the stupid song book that I put together is ridiculous. It's out of control. It's like, there's literally got to be maybe 700 songs in that stupid thing. Um, and I'm lucky that I spent my whole childhood just going to A&B Sound and going, what did Fat Wreck put out this week? Okay, I'll get that. Yeah. You know, and just memorizing all the lyrics. I was just obsessed with every punk rock band. Yeah. So luckily I did that. So uh, I know I know uh, one chord progression, and that's all punk rockers know. So I can fucking play you music for three hours a night now uh, and never have to repeat a song. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we, we did it uh, for one year, and then we did it for a second year, and it's it's steadily uh, steadily grown each year. Where um, more and more people kind of find out about it, uh, and I think it was the second year that we started doing the Christmas one, okay. and now the Christmas one is. I hope just going to be like an annual thing now. I think this year we were kind of like, are we going to do that again? I think I think we'll do that again and this year. It was it was a blast, man. It was so much fun. Um, so I think we'll I don't know maybe I'll just we'll do it till we're dead or something. <laughs> but yeah, just playing cover music and uh, songs that everyone. Uh, I just I, I love um, uh, what I love like the camaraderie of punk rock. I guess I don't know. Uh, that's a lot of it is nostalgia too. Yeah, like a lot of it is old '90s tunes that we all grew up with. Sometimes. It's stupid because the the big like I'll play, um, like uh, like a really weird obscure Kid Dynamite song, and no one knows what the fuck I'm doing, and I'm just like, just me, damn it. Then I'll literally play Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne, and the, and the fucking patio lights up. And I'm like, oh okay, here we go, here we go. So it's so much. It's just so much fun, and everyone's so happy, and yeah. uh, I th- it, it it's such a fun show and great opportunity in like. Um, 
I like that I'm allowed to just kind of be uh, just allow be be the reason for people to get wasted and yell Blink One Eighty Two songs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm the we, we, Eric and I are the reason why some people do that on Mondays. Yeah. It's a blast. It's uh, yeah, I'm. I, that's my favorite job I've ever had. Nice. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And like, yeah. that's like seriously impressive. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds cool. You'll have to come to one. Yeah. Um, uh, we usually start after, after the stampede. After the we stampede? start on the, on the patios. Cool. That's super like, cool. Like I've said, I've heard, I've heard it's a really, really awesome time. It, it, I have fun. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I have a great time. Um, too great to the point where, like, the third set, uh, the third set of this Christmas one, uh, I don't know what was. I don't remember any of it. It was too much fun. It was just like it was a big blur. I remember at one point go, you know, singing against me, and then being asleep <laughs> it was so much fun nice yeah i've noticed i noticed that you uh you're on the lineup for big festival yeah. is it uh could you tell me a little bit about that sure uh, is it your first festival or um i think well we played sled island uh years ago okay. um and since then yeah, I guess this would be like our first bigger, bigger festival, um, which okay. we're really excited about. We got to play. We got asked to play the kickoff party, which was at uh, Wild Rose Brewery with Wet Secrets and uh, tons. Of, yeah, that was a really. Paige Woodbury played that show. Tanner James, some really great people played that show. Um, cool. Super fun. Two stages back and forth. Uh, yeah, and that was another really cool um, example of playing music or like our kind of music that most of the audience that night uh, like would I don't think would necessarily seek out yeah like or would go out of their way and be like hey have you heard Pat the Bunny or like have you heard AJJ like most most of them I th I think maybe maybe I'm full of shit I'm probably full of shit all the time <laughs> but like it felt like a cool fresh audience that hadn't heard me before yeah um, which is most people, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it was fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was a really cool show. I really had a good time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to play this. I'm not sure what venue we're going to be doing or what day we're doing, okay. but it's really, it's really cool to be included. Yeah. That. The lineup of bands this year is nuts. Yeah. Holy fuck. And Joey Cape, uh, who else is on North coat? Like, uh, really sweet local bands like Bad Animal. Bad Animal's great. Uh, yeah, lots of cool stuff. I'm excited. And is that just kind of another thing that you know kind of fell into? Or yeah. Did you, yeah. Um, no, you have to apply for big. Okay. Uh, BJ told me to. Okay. <laughs> so it's probably BJ sticking his neck out for me because he's the best. Um, uh, but like I've become, I think because I'm so I'm such a basket case. Uh, we played Sled Island once and then uh, I applied like the next couple years and we got no's like 99% of musicians like you're lucky if you get picked and I kind of was like me I guess I guess punk rock's not invited <laughs> is, you know which is obviously not the case I'm just being a little baby yeah. but uh, and I was kind of like I don't I, I just will stop applying for festivals I don't know if people care yeah. not that they not don't care just like I'm not sure 
they're they they'd really I'm not sure they'd like me very much. Maybe I'm not, I'm not their cup of tea. Um, but this is hopefully. I don't know what I'm babbling about. I'm just really excited to be part of it, I think. And I'm trying to, like, justify it in my head. Like, why would they ask me? What the fuck? They're crazy. Why would they ask me? I'm, I'm the worst. Uh, it's really cool, man. Like, I, Yeah, I'm be, really lucky. Yeah, that must be, like... I mean, if something... Like, if I was on a festival lineup, it would be, like, I'm a huge milestone. So, I mean, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah, my... Um, my social my my anxiety is coming out when i'm just like i'm staring the gift horse in the mouth mouth and just kind of being like what the fuck why why did you ask me what's up it's it's awesome it's really cool i'm really looking forward to it it'll yeah. be fun the people who organize that are really cool people too yeah. like getting to play at the at the kickoff party and meeting uh, i forget his name but it was really late and really loud uh, but <laughs> met one of the or, one of the show organizers really really cool guy Cool. Really nice dude. Really complimentary and like excited. Um, they put together a fun show. It'll be great. Nice. Yeah. So I'm just kind of curious, but um, you say you like have like social anxiety and you're anxious and stuff. Like, so how are you up on stage? Does that kind of like melt away when you're performing, or uh, I, it fuels a lot of it. Okay. Um, in between, in between songs, I'm most people who've seen me could I'm kind of a wreck like in between songs I'm, I'm mumbling I'm trying to be funny but I'm not really that funny and I'm just like being kind of wind up being more obnoxious than anything and <laughs> interrupt myself and have this kind of weird dialogue with myself on stage in between songs where I'll start talking and then in the middle of it just interrupt and be like shut up no one's shut up shut up what are you doing <laughs> I do that a lot yeah. um, but uh, so so it cripples my my performance in between songs, but I think it really helps the songs that I'm singing because all the songs that I'm singing in Ghost Factory are really uh, I try to make them really earnest songs. So a lot of them are about you know really dark things like self loathing and about um, <clears throat> you know about social anxiety, about depression, about uh, all these things that really really afflict me. Um, but being able to do it in a format where I'm yelling it. It kind of it's kind of cathartic. Like uh, one of the best therapies when I'm not feeling very well is like is actually getting to play some of those songs to people. Yeah, and like getting because because each of those songs are um, a lot of the Ghost Factory songs are uh, relatively autobiographical. Uh, they're 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 stories told from other people's perspective because I think there's a safety. There's a little bit of a safety there. Like if I, uh, if I inject sort of characters, like we have, we have a record that came out this year called Tales of the Nothing Kid. And it's all, it's all about that, but it's told from the perspective of a character. So I feel like if I can inject all of my baggage onto, onto fiction, right. It's still enough me that I can, uh, feel like I'm actually getting it out and, um, uh, yeah, and kind of expressing what it is that I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, but in a package that's a little bit easier to consume. Yeah. Than say a dashboard confessional song. <laughs> Why am I coming down? Wow, coming out swinging on dashboard confessional for no good reason. What the fuck? <laughs> he didn't deserve that. Uh, but I, I I think it helps with the style of music that I write with the with the kind of songs like the substance 
the sub uh, the substance of the songs that I'm writing. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I, I try really hard to make all of the songs that I write really really genuine and passionate um, because I, f- I feel that's something that maybe hardcore music taught me is that or even punk rock I mean if you have something to say it doesn't really matter if you say it in tune like if you say it with enough conviction I think people will rel- like for the most part kind of if not listen they'll at least hear you yeah right uh so being in hardcore bands and listening to hardcore bands and listening to like these voices of discontent and of just um, these voices of dissent expressed through a microphone that um, you know with a with an audience that's kind of forced to be there because they paid their five bucks so they have to, <laughs> you might as well pay attention to what the fuck is being said on stage yeah I, I think it fuels um, that kind of music a little bit better I uh, for example, we played a, um, we got to play uh, the Big Rock uh, songwriters competition, which was amazing. I was at the ship, and uh, uh, it was the Ship and Anchor Folk Fest. Oh my God! There's a million uh, things about it. I can't remember. I'm blanking on all the names right now. But we were in one of the categories for uh, the Untapped. Anyway, we were in one of the categories for the songwriting competition. Yeah. Um, and that audience in itself was comprised of a, a hugely diverse crowd. So there was people's grandparents were there and kids were there and like not just the regular punk rock sing-along group that are used to me swearing all the time and like being loud and abrasive. Yeah. And um, sharing my opinions in a melody because <laughs> if you ask me about my political opinions, I might be inclined to tell you in a regular voice, but I'd be way more inclined to tell you if I could sing it at you <laughs> because I am apparently Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, but we got to play uh, this really this really great songwriting competition, and the song that I entered into it is a song called Socialist Trash. And um, it's it's everything that I think about politics specifically in um, specifically the way through the lens of like uh, as an angry left wing Albertan. Yeah. Um, left wing. I don't know who gives a shit. But like <laughs> as an angry Albertan, and I and the like the the impetus for that song was me being super productive and arguing with someone on the internet because that's what you do when you have <laughs> nothing better to do with your time. And you're having the who give I don't even know what the fuck we were arguing about, but he basically capped it off with just like uh, something very dismissive, and then hashtag socialist trash as like an insult <laughs> yeah. to, to the way that I thought. <laughs> and I fucking lit up, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna wear this like a badge for the rest of my life." <laughs> and so I wrote a song all about um, just what I think. Anyway, yeah, yeah, and getting up on that stage and looking at the audience that I was going to play that song in front of, I was just like crippled. And it, because, oh shit, I'm about to sing a song about, that is a protest song against the oil industry and about, and about 40 years of conservative leadership in this province in front of this province, like in front of people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. who do not agree with me. And yeah. I know that. But being up on a stage where 
I can't, I can't run off the stage now. I, I have to do this thing. Like, yeah. and we're, we're in the booklet. Like everyone got a booklet at the beginning of the show that has all the songs that are in the competition. Like it's got all their lyrics. Like people have now looked at my fucking song and yeah. seen what I think. And Oh my God, I am doomed. <laughs> and that anxiety and that like frustration and just like, Oh God, what am I going to do? That I think actually fueled the performance even more. Like it yeah. was like, well, this is what I think. So I may as well fucking, this, this is what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm not going to do this half-assed. Like I'm already uh, like the, the, the substance of these lyrics are pretty are relatively inflammatory. Like, so I may as well give it a hundred percent. So I, I think it, I think a lot of that, um, uh, a lot of my neuroses help musically. Okay. And, uh, well not, I don't want to use the word help. I want to use the word inform. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, uh, yeah, Re- inform that output. Okay, cool. Like, honestly, the most talented people are always the most troubled. I don't know if that's the best word, but, like, out of the most talented people I know in their respective field, like painting, whatever artistic mm-hmm. way it is, they always seem to have like the most demons or just yeah it's very interesting it's like plagued by uh introspection yeah or or like a poisonous introspection yeah where you're constantly second guessing yourself you're constantly just like bummed out about uh, and every uh, just t- tend to be like really overly sensitive people yeah like david Fo- do you know david foster wallace he wrote a he's a writer sounds, from the 90s yeah it sounds very familiar yeah he wrote <clears throat> he wrote a book called infinite jest and he wrote girl with the C- curious hair yeah okay Broom of the system and he was a yeah. brilliant brilliant writer and he was just like destroyed by depression right yeah um not to say in any way that I'm on the same level as David Foster Wallace. That's not what I was going for. Oh, shit. Oh, man, that's going to keep me up tonight. Oh, fuck. But no, yeah, and in feeding into what you're saying, uh, I think um, uh, art that is deeply introspective and that is um, really earnest, I think, tends to be from people that are uh, constantly in their own head if that makes any sense yeah for sure yeah i, de- I know exactly what you mean so <laughs> that's good well yeah. that's good yeah. um so singing songs that are maybe somewhat political and stuff have you ever had any negative feedback from a audience member or anything because of your views and song form or um trying to think i uh, i've been fortunate enough to play in front of audiences that are receptive to it and that are for the most part in my bubble that kind of agree with me anyway yeah um i i i can't really pick one off the top of my head i think you know what not not really uh because like the newer stuff that we're working on is a little bit more loud in that regard like Tales of a Nothing Kid, our record from this year is all is less politically fueled and more um, uh, it's more about like identity. Okay. So it's less something that people could be offended by or disagree with, particularly like uh, the the new stuff that we're going to be doing or the new stuff that we started recording uh, stuff like the the new record we're going to record. We're planning to record it in February. Um, 
it's called socialist trash and it's a different uh it's a totally different direction of the songwriting because now i want to have politically fueled and like uh very uh, not strong but like loud opinion pieces okay so i think that'll come down the road uh for the like not not really i think one guy one time got annoyed at me because i made fun of flat earth theory (laughs) (laughs) i think that's like the best that i could come up with right now again i've been fortunate enough to play in front of audiences that again that are mostly in agreement with me and um uh, I, i guess i haven't played in front of enough people that would be comfortable being like hey fuck you man i disagree uh uh I want. I kind of. I kind of want that. I don't know why, because I'm. The, I'm the least confrontational person in the world. Like yeah. I. And I. Never been in a fight in my life. I just even being in a dis, in an argument about something trivial, I'm still just. I just like. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh my god. It's like <laughs> so freaked out about it. But there's something that like. Yeah. Maybe that's just me trying to trying so desperate. I can see where. Um, I don't want to go, and I'm just like. Let's fucking go there. Let's see what happens. Let's poke that there. Let's see what goes on. Like, so I'm going out of my way now with new stuff to, to, um, I guess offend people. One of one of my favorite things I've ever heard said about punk rock in, in particular is by Fat Mike from No Effects. In and uh, he said, um, I think punk rock should be offensive, and I like to offend people. Yeah. And in the context of the conversation that he's having in that interview, it's way less of a grand, ridiculous statement because there's a difference between being irreverent or having um, uh, something offensive that's fueled by satire, yeah. and then just you know being an asshole, right? Yeah. So there's, there's a big, there's a big line, but like in the context of how he was saying it, yeah, I I, I like to agree. I like to maybe not maybe maybe replace the word like offensive with. Um, if something has been said on stage or like a song's been played that's really made like evoked a visceral reaction in you, I think that's the key or that is like the first uh, that that's an example of like something something cool like yeah. something important or yeah. maybe it's something you should listen to and even if you do disagree with it like yeah I, I like this. so again yeah going on I think one of the new songs um, is called uh, I think. I might change the name. I kind of hate the name. It's called Patriarch Key Party. Okay. And uh, the first line is, I'd like to invite the patriarchy to suck my fucking dick. <laughs> so, like, so, I mean, there's that's very obvious that I'm, that now I'm no longer being subtle. I'm literally like going, hey, hey, motherfuckers, look at me. I have an opinion. Yeah. You know, uh, I wish I had a cool story. But, uh, no, I mean, actually, there a long time ago, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't even really fueled by music. It was more a joke that I said in between songs that was taken out of con, not even taken out of context. It was taken in context. It was just like <laughs> someone didn't appreciate it. Someone, yeah. I made, I made a, 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 a joke about religion, and a person who was religious didn't appreciate it as they have. <laughs> every right to (laughs) and they were mad at me afterwards (laughs) but I won't even tell that story cut this whole part cut this this is all bullshit (laughs) don't edit any of this everyone needs to know that I'm insane (laughs) Um, do you feel like 
you have more of a responsibility maybe like having this kind of voice to be more political or is it just um i don't know uh um because i i think so much of art is so subjective and it's it doesn't necessarily have a responsibility to do anything really like i guess what i'm saying is the merit of say um like uh, a kurt vonnegut book versus um like someone who just wrote like a superman story uh like a comic book or something that doesn't necessarily have the same point of view yeah i don't necessarily think that there's a responsibility there i um does that make any sense? I what guess, I, what yeah, I said, no, kind of. I, I totally get where like, you're coming from. Yeah. I think I I think like the merit of both exists. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, that's a really interesting question. Actually, I don't think I have a stronger and important enough voice uh, to to really have any sort of responsibility yet, which is kind of I'm beneficial or I'm I benefit from that where yeah. I can kind of say and do whatever the fuck I think. Yeah. Um. Uh. I think the louder you get. I'm not I'm not sure I think you have a response beyond the responsibility of trying to advocate for a pleasant environment for people for a welcoming environment for people like I never want to sing songs that that single people out or make them feel dumb or make them feel um, uh, like threatened yeah I want to write stuff that makes them feel challenged yeah and I think that I don't think I'm re- I don't think I have a responsibility to write stuff uh, that that is challenging. I think that um, I don't know, man. Like that's interesting. I think you have you have the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you have the privilege. Yeah, I think is probably a better word. Um, so I have the privilege of having a microphone occasionally and I'm lucky enough to tell people what I think. Yeah. Uh, I think beyond the, the, yeah. And as I said, beyond the responsibility of harvesting, a, a, an environment that I would want to live in an equal environment, like where we're kind to each other, even when we don't agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know how hypocritical that might be with me being so rude earlier. <laughs> like, a lot of my songs are really rude, but do, do you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, kind no, of? I get where you're coming from because your songs, they may be rude, but they're not rude. They're not I, singling people out and making them feel uncomfortable, I feel. Like, yeah. They're yeah. more challenging people's ideas, not their yeah. maybe beliefs. Or, yeah, or, may, maybe. Like, I think so. Because... Uh, um, you use the word uncomfortable. I, I think I like to make people feel uh, like not, I don't know, not uncomfortable where like, Oh, like I have to leave challenged. this room. That, yeah, exactly. That, that like, I want to, to make music that has like, if people disagree with me in the audience, I don't want them to feel stupid yeah. for disagreeing with me. I want them instead to be inspired to be like, no, I have a completely different, viewpoint and I'm going to tell you about it yeah. I'm going to write my own song about it or I'm going to make my own thing Yeah. so um, I think you have a responsibility to be conscientious 
to a certain degree. I don't think you're responsible necessarily for people's um, feelings. I I don't know. I don't know. That is a really... We could talk about this for a long time. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, Yeah, I want to create a space where people are thinking critically, people are thinking rationally, and people are having discussions, having important discussions. Yeah. Um, and sharing important opinions, but at the same time not being threatening, yeah. and never, never inciting violence or never inciting. Uh, one of my pet peeves is when people make like go out of their way to make me feel stupid. Yeah, and I never want to do that if I'm on stage. Like uh, I want to make you question the way that you think, maybe yeah. necessarily, yeah. Um, but certainly not feel stupid. Um, That's a I feel like a good thing that's as fair. a performer. I think, yeah, I, I, think, I think I think I like what I said. I yeah. think I might listen back to this and be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting the word responsibility as yeah. like an artist. So I don't know if you're respons- if you have any responsibility as an artist. I don't know. Maybe maybe you do. Not me. I'm not talking about me anymore because yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm not Green Day. Yeah. I wish I was Green Day. Um, I'd be revolutionary on the radio. Isn't that what's the name of their Revolution Radio? I don't know. I have a new record come out this year too. I didn't like it. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy it, but that's okay. But it's 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 neat to think about that. Like if you're, um, because maybe maybe a band like Green Day. Uh, on that level and when they speak to you know burgeoning minds when they're speaking to like kids maybe they do have a responsibility at some point yeah that's interesting to think about yeah i'd be interested what do you think well like why i feel like at some point you do sort of have a responsibility to your fans if you have chosen to like make this your career at least or do it as like um but like i guess the slippery thing is like at what point do you have that responsibility yeah kind of or is it even really a responsibility um like is it up to you to yeah i don't i don't know i don't know where i stand on the situation either honestly i don't know if i think i think you have a responsibility to be honest yeah yeah that would be maybe a good way yeah if i mean again if you're going to be in a band that has um lyrical content that that is about real stuff yeah if you're in a band that is uh like a you sing about zombies yeah you yeah you have a responsibility to tell a cool zombie zombie story story. (laughs) and even then like if you tell a shitty one then you know it's fine yeah (laughs) you're not on the payroll like you don't we don't have expectations yeah uh yeah i think I think at some point the responsibility, if you're going to make stuff, the only responsibility that you would have is just to make stuff that is that that's honest, stuff yeah. that you that there's. I think what I'm getting at here is like some bands, um, and this is just in all music. You can kind of hear a disin. You can hear disingenuine. I would agree. Music, yeah. Yeah. like you can hear music that's been. Um, uh it's been what's the what's what's the word i'm looking for like it's been built by like a committee and it's been it's been tailored a certain way like you can hear music that is uh focus grouped yeah that's what i'm saying yeah 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 
and uh, it's like specifically engineered for you to enjoy it or to be yeah, catchy. Yeah. yeah, and people, and I think people who who are interested in music can hear that. And yeah. they, they can smell that. Like, it's very obvious. So. I, I guess the only any in I don't I don't know what I'm babbling about like even <laughs> even they like if they're just fucking doing it for a paycheck like I have a I have a job I have a day job I do that for a paycheck yeah. so like so who am I to judge them I don't know yeah it's, um, it's really hard to like because you want to kind of almost be like what's the point what yeah. are you doing that what are you just doing it for the money yeah and then exactly yeah and then there's so much be, and that's the typical like punk rock sort of standpoint like oh. You what you want to reach bigger audiences? It's like, well, sure. Yeah, I mean, why? yeah. Who doesn't they, want to do that? Like, yeah, they did it for a paycheck. I mean, like, it's not like they put their commercials on a fucking like Exxon or like yeah. or <laughs> something or just like we we hi we are the members of Rancid. We endorse uh, assault rifles. Like, it's yeah. not like that. It's you know they went on you know you go on a major label to reach a wider audience and to make money. Yeah, and unfortunately, we live in. The capitalist world where, where we need money. you need money yeah, yeah exactly. and I, and i guess at that point it's, it's no different than me going to a, a a day job that i don't care about yeah right Just, I do it I get paid to do it it's yeah. fine yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good i contribute <laughs> I pay taxes it's cool <laughs> so that was my circuitous route to get to i pay taxes <laughs> this is a message to the cra i promise you i pay taxes <laughs> <laughs> nice. um so i kind of like to ask this question but uh do you have maybe any advice or tips or something for maybe somebody who would just be starting out in music or getting started in a band or something like that yeah well i think yeah exactly what uh we were just talking about i think if you're just starting out and you want to make music make the music you want to hear yeah i think um write the songs you you wish you were hearing like you don't need to sound like anyone else. Like, um, a good example is when I started writing ghost factory songs, I was, uh, I mean, I'm still like this. I just want to be Tom Waits. I wish I was Tom Waits. So I, I really struggled to be like, how the, how does he do this shit? Like, I don't know how to do lounge music. Like whenever I try to write a song, it doesn't sound like a crazy drunk 50 year old man on, <laughs> you know, like on the piano. Yeah. And it's because I'm not, tailored for that so instead well if i when i write songs they sound like this they don't need to sound like anybody else like you don't need to mimic people just you play play what you want to hear play um play honest earnest music like um you don't have to tailor anything for for an audience because even even in calgary specific or i mean bringing it back specifically to calgary like there is an audience that is receptive to creativity at something like rock for dollars. Like yeah, for sure. there's a really, really, um, uh, you'll be welcomed with an embrace if you've made a thing and you feel that it's ready to show people, maybe, you know, maybe practice. <laughs> practice <laughs> is good. You should practice. <laughs> Seen lots of bands over the years that didn't practice. Yeah. Um, big picture stuff do do what matters to you like um uh and uh don't uh don't don't do that thing where you're on stage and you're like 
everyone feel okay to come in close feel come in close. that's a pet peeve of mine don't don't tell your audience to come in. they'll come in close if they want to yeah. no, i'm just kidding but like <laughs> that's a oh here here's another here's here's honest advice for songwriters and uh, up and coming up and coming who the fuck am i um and just musicians just starting do not ever include the lyric the writings on the wall we do not need that lyric ever again no one needs to use that lyric ever ever stop it stop fucking using the lyric. that that i hear that in a song that i'll love and i just want to i just want to burn everything to the ground <laughs> so don't use writing on the wall don't uh yeah i think that's all solid rule number one yeah that's number one yeah. fuck everything else i said if you get anything out of this podcast do not use the lyric with the writings on the wall fuck everyone and their dog has used that lyric it's annoying it's the worst literally the worst i'm not even being dramatic or over exaggerating it's literally the worst um so anything coming up that you want to kind of sure when does this or... when does this come out i'll i'll prove probably next week next week okay yeah, beginning early next week cool um so we're playing oh uh by the time this comes out the next show that we'll have we're playing with um some of our best friends uh in a band called no problem fuck everything okay we're playing at tubby dog uh I'm pr it's tubby dog so it's a free show and it's all ages um feel like i should look at the poster to make oh it's tubby dog of course it is yeah i don't know uh no problem fuck everything ghost factory and uh pancake are playing at tubby dog on thursday december the 29th i believe is that day cool uh it's... this will definitely be up before then so okay sweet <laughs> yeah. sweet that's that's our next that's our next show and then in the new year we'll be playing big winter classic festival we'll be playing um january 6th at the palomino with uh, the detractions and the Adivans. The detractions put out. The detractions are a rad band, rad band from Calgary. Um, put out an EP called Jorts that I got to hear, and it's so good. It's super cool, like um, garage rocky punk stuff. Cool. Uh, the Adivans, um, uh, they're they're like early '90s Green Day. Like they're amazing. Cool. I love that band. Um, and so that's January sixth, Palomino. I don't remember if that's a Friday or, or Saturday. Um, and then Big Winter Classic. And then I think we have... I think I think that's it. Cool. I think. Oh, shit. The, the Galacticas. We're opening up for their EP release at the end of January as well. I'll have to Google the day. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. I'm sorry. No worries. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm doing. Cool. Yeah, well, I'll throw... Uh... Whatever you're doing, show's coming up. I'll put it in the episode notes, cool. and I'll share it around. Thanks. Yeah. Um, the music. We're going to put some music at the end of this? Yeah, sure. Do you want, so we, you, we do you want to just like them. tell people what they'll be hearing? Or? Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll send you... Um, we, we put out a record this year called Tales of the Nothing Kid that I spoke about briefly earlier. It's 12 songs long. Uh, it's a concept album because I am a nerd, and... Uh, it's all about uh, figuring out figuring out who you are despite uh, adverse circumstances and the idea that uh, even though we're not all viewed equally, wouldn't it be great if we all were? Cool. 
I guess. Well, that's a terrible <laughs> way of selling it, but yeah, yeah. This is our record that we put out this year. Um, that uh, was on Non Minutia Records. Uh, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, where can they find that if they want to buy you it? You can you can find it on Bandcamp, uh, ghostfactory.bandcamp.com. You can email me and I'll send you one at ghostfactory at gmail.com. That's not an email address. I don't have that email address. <laughs> Rob Gruzak. Ah, fuck it. I'm on Bandcamp. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, thank you very much for yeah, thanks, coming, coming and talking to me. Thanks, dude. Awesome. Mankind was born equal Why the fuck did I wind up here? Abused, unloved, unnoticed Opportunities disappeared And in this unnamed city A drunk man shares his thoughts With his creation so young To basements all he got As he stumbles forth He says for what it's worth you're a nothing kid, nobody accident Party foul, snap rubber, hopeless haste Meaningless waste of space, boy You're a nothing kid You're a nothing kid, nobody accident Party foul, snap rubber, hopeless haste Meaningless waste of space, boy You're a nothing kid You're a nothing kid, nobody accident
there was no hurt and you had one Hope nothing but beauty for everyone Till the final note in your only song Nothing till the end. 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 Nothing
But you made me this way My only refuge is this recycled weekend Every single party's the same So I'll sink inside this bottle My only source for social interaction As I repel all these beautiful women With my every word and action Size myself mid-sentence Before I convey my lack of thought Are you turned on by this nonsense? Do you think that my complaining is hot? Cause I could ramble on for hours And not say one thing But I'll comfort you in curse words I continue to drown myself in drinks. The prohibition has been over for 70 goddamn years, yet this is still some fucking achievement. So revered here. So fuck off with your pedestrian. Accomplishments, I wonder where All the interesting people went Let me pour another one 
A brief lapse past as he's out on the kitchen floor. Till morning he'll open his eyes and wish that his whole life were worth fighting for. I have done my job if kids got nothing but fear in him. Cause nothing's his hope and faith like a terror built up from sin. Just let me pour another one. This one's for me. Just let me pour another one to help me get to sleep. Just let me pour another one. This one's for me. Just let me pour another one to help me get to sleep. Just let me pour another one. No, this one's for me. Just let me pour another one to help me get to sleep. Just let me pour another one. No, this one's for me. Just let me pour another one to help me get to sleep. Just let me pour another one. 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 Would it be all right if I maybe taunted you to sleep and ridiculed you for the way your life turned out? I thought your insecurities so deep. Remember a time you didn't hate your life or pout? You'll whine, complain, life's lame, won't cry and sulk. Kids are all the same. I'll sit perched upon your shoulder. That very fuck opposite me is not coming. I know you think your problems way more than I will ever give you credit for. But as your conscience, I still say that you're a nothing worthless brat. Would it be okay if I just solidified your self-hatred and your doubts of the divine? No, deep down, the search for meaning in this life is asinine. You're just what Father said. You've got no hope, no reason you can find. Hold credence to hopes that you endlessly try to justify. I know you think your problems way more than I will ever give you credit for. But as your conscience, I still say that you're a nothing worthless. I hate. A concept oft unfathomable, yet forever makes attempts at the intangible. A minute myriad of deprecation speech, propagated by a household nurturing defeat. I'll never stop till I can navigate this fleet, and I'm the only one controlling thoughts along the street of mine.
fucking lobotomy Even less than some botched vasectomy Or an enema using boiling hot coffee And absolutely everything I hate everyone And absolutely everything I hate everyone And absolutely everything I hate everyone And absolutely everything Fucks. Casual admission accepted Guaranteed Your perception affected Enlist with your species This catalog of filth Baked over time Stews of indulgence of self Fermentation of prejudice Boiling from man-made hatred and stupidity The basis of this humanitarian crime So get in line Join the parade Of the fuck-ups Of the inept And of the wasted lives Cause it's a march of the half-wits Forward-facing in a mindless trudge We are mankind Notice the emptiness in front of this Procession consisting of the collected history The eternal mystery and unraveling of dumb Laid down and buried underground Put to sleep safe and sound For at least a couple hours Till it blossoms and flowers Examine all sides, there's no enemy We all leave the trenches On the same losing team The parade of the of the inept and of the wasted lives It's a march of the failures Forward facing in a mindless trudge We are mankind We could be better The only thing you'll find And all that I believe
If you liked this episode of the podcast, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For up-to-date information on the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca. There, you can visit our online store. We sell t-shirts, stickers, and posters. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.